Welcome to The Sipping Point, where each week we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I'm your host, Lori Forster, the wine coach, and I've made it my mission in life to demystify wine one glass at a time. So expect a fresh and fun approach to the world of wine, spirits, food, and so much more. This week, I am sitting down with Gus Calaris, owner of Axios Wines, and his newest offerings are right here on the table. We're going to taste them from the Calaris family vineyards. We're going to find out more about harvest this year in California, Napa Valley, of course, in particular. We'll taste these wines, and then later I'll answer some of your burning wine questions. Let's just get started tasting, because that's the best way to learn about wine, isn't it, Gus? Oh, I love to taste. (laughs) Well, you're the founder and owner of Constantine Wines, which is actually a distributor here in Maryland. But you also, after having great success with that, started your own wine company, Oxios Napa Valley. And you've been on the show before a few years back. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, we've been threatening to do this again. And finally, we are. You have some new wines that are really exciting here. You... um, obviously come from Greek American heritage, correct? That is correct. And uh, I hear that you grew up wanting to be a radio star, not a winemaker. <laughs> well, <as you laughs> I think s- you made the right choice, though. Yeah, well, I do have a face for radio. Everybody oh, no, <laughs> you're great. Well, we know each other through uh, wine competitions and lots of other wine events, and um, you've been a friend of the show. So, you have new wines that you're really excited about, and I was excited to have you come in and profile. So tell us a little bit about Oxios Napa Valley and what's new. Well, what's new is uh, we purchased our own uh, vineyard uh, about two years ago. Very exciting uh, endeavor. Uh, 14 acres, 10 are planted. Um, one of the wines you're going to taste today is uh, a one and only because we pulled it uh, we pulled the Sauvignon Blanc from the vineyard as soon as uh, harvest was over in 2013 and planted Cabernet Franc. And uh, we planned for that vineyard to be a, uh, a red wine vineyard that mm-hmm. will uh, make really kind of one, uh, we're hoping one iconic type wine. Okay. And then use the other, uh, the rest of the varietals that we don't use in that wine uh, in all our other programs. Okay, great. So we have some very special wines here that may not ever happen again. I like that. Okay, so where exactly are your vineyards within Napa Valley? Um, we are, if you know Chateau Montalena, that's probably oh, the easiest. heard of them. <laughs> so they're, they're neighbors and Carter Vineyards are neighbors. So we're Calistoga, just about, about a mile and a half from um, the Main Street. Great. Going north. And on uh, your future for that vineyard, I think I read your inspiration for what you want to create is the wines of Pomerol in Bordeaux, correct? Yes. Uh, that's why uh, instead of uh, planting Cabernet uh, all over the vineyard, uh, when we pulled Sauvignon Blanc, I planted uh, Cabernet Franc. And we also have some rootstock that we're going to devote to um, Petit Verdot mm-hmm. and Malbec. Other, and other then Bordeaux. we're planting over the Chardonnay with Cabernet. So will it be an all-red um, okay. vineyard, but pre- predominantly um, Cab Franc and uh, Merlot. Okay, sounds great. And I don't think everybody realizes when they buy wines and they enjoy wines, I guess I think some people always assume that every wine that's made, the person owns the vineyards. And that's not always the case because there are so many great wines where the winemaker is sourcing their fruit 
Yeah. And I just came back from Sonoma, and that's the case in many of these. But you really wanted to own your own vineyard so you could have more control? Is that... Well, that's correct. It, it kind of just gives us a, uh, a physical point of interest there. And, uh, you know, my love is there, and I, I love going, so I like having my own crib. Yeah, and will people be able to come visit you? Can they already? Um, we've had few guests, Um we have a great porch that we can hang out and drink <laughs> wine on. <laughs> okay, so no tasting room yet, but no possibly room. in the future. Possibly. Yeah. All right. So, you know, it's we've been talking so long without a sip. We oh. need to get to tasting, I think. What's the first white that you brought here for us to taste? I love the name of this. It's called Truth. It's called Truth. Yeah. Tell me about this. It's Cuvée de Fume. Cuvée de Fume. It's a... Uh, that solving... rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I stole the name from from another winery <laughs> that, that, uh, that I really uh, admired uh, growing up in the business, and uh, they they let it lapse, and I took it. So, oh, nice. Um, it's a blend of Sauvignon Blanc, Chenin Blanc, and Semillon. Mm. It's really delicious. Really bright crisp acidity kind of uh makes you want some seafood some wonderful yeah right exactly what we're going for and uh you know i really appreciate the aromatics on this wine so when you're blending all those different grapes uh it's a little a little easier to achieve as long as you're willing to put the time in uh and do it right absolutely so um you already said right your sauvignon blanc is the predominant grape in here. Then we have the Chenin Blanc as well as the Semillon. So you get that lemon, lime sort of citrus definitely from the Sauvignon Blanc, but there's also some stone fruit like peaches or something in there. I mean, how do you see each of these three grapes? What do, what, what do they bring to the table? I mean, we know acid and citrus from Sauv Blanc. What about Chenin Blanc? Well, I mean, Chenin's um, is... Typically, something people think of as being a little pedestrian uh, because it, it's gone like into Vouvray so or... yeah, it's gone into so many uh, inexpensive wines, but it's also gone into some you know, incredibly expensive wines. So that's true, uh, which most people don't don't know about. Um, in this case, we uh, sourced uh, the Chenin from Central Coast. Um, it, it's really hard to find. And mm. I, I really wanted it for its uh, zippy character in the wine. Yeah, it's really delicious. I love this wine. Uh, okay, so before we go to break, real quick, in a couple of sentences, tell me your thoughts on, you know, the, these are from 2013, but 2014 harvest it happened or is happening. What are your thoughts on this vintage coming out of California? Oh, I think uh, 14 is going to be outstanding. Um, we were talking about the drought earlier. Uh, that certainly does not affect the uh, the quality of the wine. Uh, we actually had to water some uh, because the grapes weren't, uh, what we would say, metaphysically ripe. And so we wanted to extend the, the season a little bit. And so we, we watered back uh, probably in July. And... Um, you know, you see what's in front of you uh, is going to be pretty much indicative of the 14. So 13 okay. and 14 are pretty similar. similar. Okay. And next to, um, we're going to sip on this during the break, next to the Truth Cuvée de Fume, you have your Calaris Napa Valley 2013 Sauvignon Blanc, all from your own vineyard, correct? Yes. Uh, this is the one that 
will not happen again. Yeah, it's a one and only. Uh, once we tasted what was in the bottle, we were like, gosh, I can't believe we pulled the fruit because it's <laughs> so delicious. It really uh, is. Um, we're really proud of it. Uh, it's a, just a, a one-time thing. I, I kind of... I was speaking with the uh, with the great Robin Lale last week, who's uh, really the grand dame of Napa Valley, and uh, she loved this wine, and she's actually getting a case for me, which is a huge compliment. Oh, that's but uh, she she's encouraging me to plant some Sauvignon Blanc at least <laughs> at least enough for two or three barrels. All right, so we might see this again. Might see it again in a few <laughs> years. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break on the sipping point with Gus Calaris. We'll be right back. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point. And if you want to connect with me, we can do that on Instagram, Facebook, or even Twitter. Just go to at the wine coach. That's my handle, Gus. Wow, Twitter. Why no? Tweet, tweet. <laughs> I have a tweet, but I don't know how to use it. What's yet. your handle? Axios Wine, probably. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> Search him. You'll find him. You'll find Gus. Find him where the wine is. Anyway, we're back with Gus Calaris from Calaris Family Vineyards. Axios Wine is the name of the... Axios Napa Valley is the name of the company. And we're tasting some of your new releases. We just had the great Cuvée de Fume, which was a, a blend of Chenin, Sauvignon Blanc, and Semillon. We had your Sauvignon Blanc, which was delicious. And now we're moving on. We got two new wines in our glass, a Chardonnay and a Cabernet, both of these from your new property. Your 14 acres, correct? Uh, yes, 10 planted. And this is in Napa Valley in Calistoga. So the big news, of course, this year in Napa Valley was about the earthquake. So before we get to the tasting these two, tell me a little bit about what's the status? There's all kinds of differing, you know, people saying everybody lost everything to it really wasn't um, that I pers- heinous. I personally think uh, it was a little exaggerated, although there were people that, that suffered some losses. Certainly uh, barrels, especially for some reason, uh, decided to tip over. Uh, I didn't see a lot of losses with uh, case goods. Okay. Like um, our warehouse is right at the epicenter. <laughs> and so wow. we didn't lose a single case of wine. Oh, uh, nice. It's unbelievable. And we have quite a bit there. And I think when it's packed properly and it's packed tight. And right. Wine shops, are, they it help seemed, each other. got really hurt because, w- you know, things on the shelf like that. Wine shops got killed. Um, you know, anybody with a wine cellar lost wine. Mm-hmm. But up valley, uh, you know, once you hit uh, St. Helena and North, it okay. was, uh, I don't know anyone that had damage. Oh, great. Well, that's good news because, I mean, I know people. so many people go and, and visit every single year. So Come on out. Keep your trips. Keep your trips. Okay. So we have the Worthy Chardonnay that's a brand worthy that you've been making for a while. But this one now is coming from your own vineyards. Tell me a little bit about the Chardonnay. Well, the Chardonnay's from our uh, Calaris family vineyard, and uh, it's the first uh, Chardonnay that we've produced, and we're going to make a, a few more off of there. Um, we also have Calaris family vineyards Chardonnay that's um, uh, from Yountville, but this is from our property, and I wanted to make it a little bit different style. You can taste it's a little more leazy. Um, which is kind of like uh, fresh baked bread character. Right. The leaves are the dead yeast cells that are created right. during fermentation. And then you stir them and you get exactly. these kind of flavors. Um, and a little less oak. Yeah, it's got that creaminess. And, and so many times I get people say, I love Chardonnay. I like the creamy, but I don't want the oaky. 
And they don't have to both because you do have that creaminess here from the lees, from um, the stirring of the lees, but you don't have that big um, sort of cedar toasty. So we have two different piece. styles, um, both small production. Uh, th- this way, I think we got about 700 cases off the vineyard. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited about it. We have a sexy new package for Worthy. and uh, Yeah, it's beautiful. Now, what, uh, where'd the name Worthy come from? Is there well, a meaning yeah, to that? Yeah, so, well, oxios is a Greek word that means worthy. So ah, that's the meaning. Gotcha. Worthy and then truth. These are like deep, these are deep thoughts. Like yes, after your well, late night drinking truth, with like good friends, these are like things you talk about. <laughs> truth is a, a situation where we create the label first. Uh-huh. And if you look at it, it's a wine glass with uh, someone holding it up to their reflection. Ooh. And so what's more truthful than looking at yourself? Yeah, especially when you drink wine, the truth comes out, yeah. I often say. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this is a really wonderful Chardonnay now. You know, when you are drinking wine, money becomes no object. You become the richest person in the room. <laughs> but we didn't talk about prices, so we tasted the Cuvée de Fumée. And the Sauvignon Blanc, give me an idea of the price range on uh, those two. 16 and 27. Okay, it's 27 on the Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. And then what about our Chardonnay? Where the Shards around 31. Okay, perfect. It's really tasty. It's a beautiful Chardonnay. And a lot of people are trying to get to that less oaked style. I mean, there's still people who love that and want, you know you know, want as much oak as possible. But I think this is a good mid-range style that would appeal to both unoaked Chardonnay lovers and people who like some oak as well. We're really excited about it. And really the initial indication is we're going to sell out of it very quickly. So I'm I'm even more excited about it. It is very handcrafted. It's small production. And I always think there's more love in the bottle. When there's less cases, I don't know. Well, it's got to be lo- it's got to be love because it's, <laughs> it's not yeah, money. We, we were talking at the break that, about the old saying, right? If you want to make a small fortune in the wine business, start you start with a large one. Exactly. So, all right. Well, at least you have your wine to drink, and you know, got loads of wine. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the red wine. This is our first red wine today. Even though you love your red wines, and that's really the direction that you're going with your 14 acres. Tell me about the Claris Family Vineyards Cabernet Sauvignon. Well, this is um, made just like our premier Oxios wine. So it's all hillside and mountain fruit. It's all, um, you know, the best French oak. It's just a, a different selection. So there might be a tad more red fruit instead of black fruit in this than the Oxios. How dare you? (laughs) But it's made uh, pretty much the same, from the same vineyards and same winemaker, of course. And this is from the outstanding 2012 uh, vintage, which uh, people are seeking out. It's really tasty and such a good mixture of some of that structure you want out of a Cabernet, but it's smooth enough. You know, you don't need to lay this down or age this for... 10 years before you can drink it and no, love it. You know, I it's think meant it's, for um, now, right? I think it's great right out of the chute. But one thing I'd like to say is it has really exceptional balance, which is our our focus on all wines. And um, therefore, I think it will age uh, quite well. Mm. But, um, you know, if you want one to put away, Oxios is the one for sure. 
this would definitely last, you know, probably 15 or 20 years um, because it's so well structured. And and the price on this one? This is uh, 60 All right. Very nice. Got to balance the budget, so we need to know that. <laughs> That's right. So real quick, tell me about your winemaker and how uh, you guys got connected. Bob Egelhoff. Wow. I go way back with Bobby, uh, back to the days uh, of Maryvale when uh, Bill Harlan and Robin Lale uh, owned Maryvale. Wow. That's a long time ago. That was back when they were pretty much a small artisan outfit. Um and then they sold that, and Bill Harlan, of course, uh, went on to start Harlan, which right. is the most highly regarded wine uh, on the planet. And uh, Robin Lale went on to start Lale Vineyards, which is another one of those <laughs> exquisitely <laughs> great wines. And uh, Bob was there for all of it. He was on the ground floor of, of the winemaking teams of uh, Paul Meyer, winemaking wow. teams of Staglin. He worked, um, he worked uh, side by side with um, Mr. Levy, the winemaker at um, Harlan. Uh, if you had, don't know people, these are legends, the legends, legends of Napa. <laughs> he had training uh, from Michelle Roland. He is a um, he was a uh, board member of the Napa Farm Bureau, which uh, wow. you know just kind of allows me to have access to pretty much the best fruit in Napa. Wow, that's great! These all these wines are delicious. There's not one that's bad. I know you just came off a really successful event at Iron Bridge uh, Wine Company, and you're doing, you're slammed, as you told me, for the next 30 yeah. days doing events. So I'm sure there's ways for people to interact with you. But if they want to go check out the website and find out more about the wines, where do they go? Absolutely. Uh, Oxioswine.com. That's perfect. And I'm assuming, since you're here in Maryland, that these wines, at least in our area, are readily available They're, all around the, the viewing, listening uh, you should be able to find them. Uh, if you don't, <laughs> Call email <Gus>. me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, Gus Calaris, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. What a pleasure. Cheers. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and we're back. Chris? Yes. I love Gus. He's a great dude. I could hang out with him for hours. <laughs> he seems <laughs> like so a much very fun. fun. He's got uh, great wines, great things to say. Yeah. And his wines are so balanced. I really yeah. love that. He brought that up, and I was kind of uh, curious as to what that really means. Yes, because it's different than balancing your checkbook, as I mentioned I, I would imagine so. <laughs> I haven't done that in quite some time. And we use this term a lot in the wine world, and I do wonder what uh, just regular old wine lovers think when we say it. Right. But, you know, there are all these different components to wine. You have the acid. Mm -hmm. um, you have tannin in the reds. That's little astringency, right? right? You have the sh the sugar, if there's some sweetness yeah. it, to the wine. Alcohol content. The alcohol content. And when we say we have a balanced wine, it's when all those components are in check, right. are in balance, so that when you take a sip of the wine, it isn't like battery acid. It's so acidic. Right. Or, like one doesn't overpower the other. Exactly. Or it's so tannic that your whole mouth feels like you have cotton mouth or right. socks on your teeth. Yeah. Now, granted, some wines that are meant for aging are going to have that really firm, but you know that going astringent into it. tannin, but it has to have the fruit to match, and then right. it's going to be able to age 
I got from you. there. Uh, also, you could have a wine out of balance if there's just too much oak on that, right? So we were talking about Chardonnays where that oak right. is like the only thing you get. It overpowers it. Yeah. It takes away from the experience of the whole thing. It really does. So, I mean, I definitely have had that experience. Um, when a wine has too much alcohol, and that can happen in really warm climates right. and as temperatures... I know we talk about global warming, but although <laughs> I don't know, after this summer, maybe like global cooling yeah. is what we need to worry about. But global warming, now a lot of these climates are getting warmer and warmer. And so the grapes are getting riper and riper and we're getting higher alcohols. Oh. I was in a tasting room in Sonoma recently and I tasted a Zinfandel and she said it was 16.8% alcohol. Holy cow. I know. She called it the sneaker. Yeah, I would say because, so. Because, you know, a couple of sips of that. I mean, 16%. That's a lot of that's a lot of alcohol. Yeah. So when there's too much alcohol like that, the wine can get what we call hot. So okay. the alcohol really stands out. Mm-hmm. And then to me, it's not a great meal type of wine. Right. Because you can barely have a glass and you're like, whoa, yeah. I'm already starting to feel affected. So balance has to do with a lot of different things. Great question, though, Chris. And oh, thank you. If folks are out there and they want to learn more about wine, of course, listening to the show. Yes. But I do have a free video series that you can sign up for. Okay. At thewinecoachsecrets.com. It's easy enough. You sign up. There's four videos. Okay. We talk about the legs of your wine, mm-hmm. what that means, yep. picking out wine glasses, why it's so important, food and wine pairing, and then, most importantly, the dreaded wine list at the restaurant. <laughs> How to order. When you sit down, it's like a phone book. Yes. I give you all the tips, all the professional secrets that I've learned. Awesome. Lots of fun, and you'll find out about lots of great events. Perfect. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back on The Sipping Point. You're listening to The Sipping Point. This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach. Today's show, Chris, amazing, amazing. Great to hear firsthand from somebody making wine in Napa Valley about the earthquake, about Mm -hmm. the harvest. And not to mention the great wines that we tried. Very, very tasty. All the info from today's show will be at thewinecoach.com. And if you want to come out and wine and dine with me, mm-hmm. and you're not here in studio, <laughs> Mark, your calendar is actually my Oregon Grill Women's Wine Dinner. We moved it. What? To November 6th because the playoff game ah. was cor- it was affecting. So I had to move it. Okay. So now you have a whole month to get signed up. Perfect. It's the theme is Australian wine. Nice. Yeah, we're going to be sipping down under. You can check it out at thewinecoach.com slash women. We have reception with a reception wine and hors d'oeuvres, three tasting courses. Wow. And it's only $85 all inclusive. That's a bargain. Yes. Then on November 7th, we have the Perfect Pairings fundraiser at the Engineers Club at the Garrett Jacobs Mansion. You can check out the info on my website. It's going to be a really fun Friday night. Cool. But anytime... You hang out at the Oregon Grill. It's a fun time. Anytime, any day, any time of the day. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before. I was out there recently. I always talk about the wine because their wine list is well, that's amazing. kind of what you do. But I had a jalapeno margarita. Oh, my. It was delicious. Very nice. refreshing, but yeah. a little kick. Okay. A little kick to it. I, I enjoyed that. that. And um, I do. I like it in the bar because you can order anything off the menu that you could in the dining room. It's just a little bit more casual. Right. And then every night of the week, they've got specials there. So Perfect. Tuesday night's 25% off the wine. Mm-hmm. Um, sushi on Fridays. They have a martini night. And I their mean, great brunch on Sundays. I know. You like that bacon. I love brunch. Vodka. Anything with bacon, I'm in. Bloody Marys, Bloody Marys. But if you want to make a reservation, 
And all you got to do is call them at 410-771-0505, and they will take care of you. Impeccable service. You will feel like royalty. I always do. I know. Next week, we're going to be back to explore the recipe for a delicious life, and we're going to be more on the beer side next week. (laughs) But special thanks, as always, to Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis and, of course, the Oregon Grill.